it's a beautiful, beautiful moment. And it, it happens and then it's done and you can't go back. You can't take it back. So it's, you have to be really courageous. But uh, if you can make something that you're proud of, it's very, very rewarding. There's a school of thought that says if you want to know what a society is going through, go and look at the art that was being produced at the time. And then you'll have a very clear idea of what they were going through. We, we deserve the right to live a life of opportunity and abundance. And so it's very important to me to, to deliberately push that agenda. Hello and welcome to the Theatre Art Life podcast. Sponsored by Harlequin Floors, world leader in floors, stage systems and studio equipment for the performing arts. The Theatre Art Life podcast puts the spotlight on those who create live entertainment around the world, the culture creators, the backstage masters. My name is Ana Aguilera. Rory Sang Motuba shares with us her experiences as a writer, director and actress in South Africa. Rory Sang is a Johannesburg-born actress, writer and director. She has starred in a number of South African and international productions as well as written extensively for South African television. She recently made her directorial theater debut at the Market Theater in Johannesburg, much to critical acclaim, and looks forward to expanding her career abroad. Hello, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? Yeah, doing great. Uh, excited to have you and um, to have you tell us about yourself, your career. How do you get here? Gosh, I mean, I, so Rorisang Mutuba is my name. And uh, yeah, as you said, I'm based in Johannesburg. I'm from South Africa. I've lived here most of my life. To be honest, I've never wanted to be anything else but an artist. You know, I, from when I was a very young age, I wanted to act and I wanted to be on stage and I wanted to be on the big screen. And I didn't know what it was when I was a younger, when I was a younger person. I just knew whatever it was in the cinema that made everybody laugh at the same thing. I wanted to be a part of that, you know. So uh, went to went to school, eventually studied at university. I studied drama at the University of Cape Town and uh, film and media studies also, as well as political studies, because I think it's good to have like a all-round education of what's going on in the world. And then if you compare drama and politics, sometimes they aren't too different. Yeah, that after that, I ended up in Los Angeles and I studied uh, acting for film in LA for three years. I was at the New York Film Academy at Universal Studios and the Baron Brown Student in Santa Monica. And uh, once I had completed my studies there, came back to Joburg. And since then, I've been writing, I've been acting, just been creating. And as you mentioned now, I just started to step into the, the directing space, uh, just have a play that's debuted at the Market Theatre here in Johannesburg. Literally, that's me from like when I was born up until like five minutes ago. That's my life story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're so right. Like when I was uh, doing a little bit of, you know, studying a little bit for the interview, And I saw you did political science. I was like, well, I wonder what her thoughts are. But now put in those words, yeah. there's definitely a lot of drama in politics. It is. And absolutely. a lot of politics in theater. Right, has to. It really goes hand in hand. When Whenever I told people that they thought they would ask, and they said, actually makes complete sense. I'm like, yeah. It, I mean, it's that's what we're watching politicians act all the time, right? Also. So it's, it's life imitating art, literally. So it's helped me. Yeah. <laughs> would you cast them for any of your shows not a chance no 
not as <laughs> <laughs> I can't say any of them would would make it uh, past callbacks. I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking about that, how does that uh, interaction with politics? What does that fit into your work? How does that fit into you? Well, you know, the thing is, I you know, I had a, a drama teacher. He said to me uh, a few years ago, I never forgot it, and they said, all art is political. You're never just creating something just to create it because it's, even if you're creating something that you're there for, for people to be entertained by, you know, it is always political because it's a specific choice and it's a perspective that you're trying to put out in the world or it's a question that you're trying to ask or something that has been asked of you and you try to answer. So for me, it makes complete sense to to marry my, my my creative and artistic sensibility with my political beliefs and perspective and my 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 spiritual principles you know it it it's it's a very natural marriage to me in many ways and because a lot of the work that i do is geared towards telling stories of black about black women you know who have been so politicized and in many ways so it actually it's all very much intersectional so that's why i say that the you know when i was at varsity we studying you know coups and you know political systems and that sort of thing but ultimately what you stand for in the world what you fight for is your political view is your is your stance and your perspective and if you're an artist then that's the place that you get to explore everything so it makes complete sense that these are the two things that that ended up coming together quite organically even though i didn't realize it at the time but um, now it, it all makes sense. As things do over time, it started to make sense to me. So definitely fit all the activism into your artwork. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you have to be, you have to be. And is it any difference when you're acting or writing or mm -hmm. directing? Yes, there's a big difference. You know, I think, you know, because I've been acting and, and writing off for such a long time, I realized that a lot of my writing has changed and it's informed, it's been informed by my acting experiences. So sometimes when I'm writing something, I have to think you're not writing for yourself. You're not writing for yourself. You're writing for a completely different other person and being. But in terms of the, the difference, you know, one of the things I absolutely love is is getting a fresh script and not knowing anything about the playwright, not knowing anything about what I'm about to read and just allowing myself to just absorb it with just completely clean slate. Whereas when I'm writing something, there's so much of the world that I already had to know about before I put pen to paper, so to speak, or before I start typing on my laptop. There's so much investigative work I've had to do that I have to know my characters so well by that point. I have to know what I'm trying to say so well by that point. And so... And sometimes I'll be surprised when I'm writing that something comes out that I and it's a different direction that I never thought that I'd go there. And I allow myself the room for that and the freedom for that. But when I'm acting and I'm just reading a script, I don't know anything yet. And so I can kind of start to, I can paint that portrait myself. You know, I can interpret it in whatever way that I want and, and, and try different things and see what works and what feels right for me. Whereas with writing, it's very important that you're clear about your your specific vision your specific perspective because as now i've discovered when you're directing 
and you have three actors who are asking you, like, what does my character want? What does my character need? You need to have the answers to those questions or at least have a sense of what you want that, that character to be or go through, you know, and then you, you work with them and collaborate to discover that journey for them. So they all, for me, have become quite um, intertwined. But it's just about the, the, how I approach, how I approach the, the different forms of expression, I think is the biggest difference for me. So how would you describe or I don't know if you want to share a little bit of the process of writing mm. a play or something for television. I don't know if there's much difference, but this idea is like, well, today I'm going to write about this. Right. <laughs> How is that I, the inception of that idea from that inception to like a final product? Right. Well, I think, I mean, I suppose the difference is, you know, when you're writing for stage as opposed to writing for television, it's just you have to honor the two different mediums. And what I mean by that is for television, you're aware there's going to be at least one camera. There could be three, there could be five. There's going to be editing. There's going to be perhaps multiple takes, depending on the style of the director or the style of the artist. There's going to be ways that you're going to be able to edit and manipulate a performance or a moment for an audience. You know, you're going to be able to zoom into a character moving their hand ever so slightly. And that's going to be an important part of the story that you're telling and you want the audience to know that, right? So you know that there's this vast space that has been created, but because you're using multiple takes, because you're using editing, because you're using camera work, uh, you can tell your story. The end product is different. Whereas when you have a theater show and you're staging something, and I mean, the, one of the challenges of theater is that it's live. So you don't get more takes. You don't get to do it again. If you make a mistake, you have to recover right there. And then you can't say, sorry, can we just take that again? You know, they, they, it's, it's, it's literally the epitome of living and working and breathing in the moment. And so because of that, you have to be very clear that an audience is going to come and sit and that you can have a character who may be doing like a four-page monologue, but you may have an audience member who's not even paying attention to them. They're paying attention to something else that's happening on the stage. You know, they're paying attention to someone else's reaction. They're paying attention to what you do with the lights. They're still stuck in the moment of this amazing musical transition that you've just done, or they're noticing that you know, a, a hat has just dropped from a rack and who's going to pick it up, you know. So they, they, the, the audience eventually becomes a part of the performance in that way. And so because of that, when you're writing for theatre, you have to be very, very clear about what the dialogue is about because you don't have the mechanisms that you would have in television or film of the hand gently strokes here. You know, if, if, if you have a character that has a secret and perhaps they're about to kiss someone, you might edit that differently. On stage, you might have to show it, you know. So it's just about the audience's experience is going to be very different in film and television than it is on stage because on stage there's actually no way to hide and there's nothing that you can't hide anything. And that's what I realized when I was directing this play because I'd be watching my actors and then I'd literally be paying attention to something else 
And I'm like, oh, yeah, that is, that's great set design. I must tell them. But uh, and if I'm doing that, then <laughs> then somebody else may be doing something, like, you know, having the same experience. So you, it's just about you have to pay attention to so much detail when you're storytelling. It's in, in the theater. I feel like it's one of the rawest forms of storytelling because you don't have the, the, the technology that you would with television to, to help you out. And because of that, it's actually also so rewarding because then it just feels like magic when all of a sudden this, this, it's like the circus is open, like the, like the lights come on and the actors are ready and the audience is there and the lights go down. And it's just, it's, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful moment. And it, it happens and then it's done and you can't go back and you can't take it back. So it's, you have to be really courageous. But uh, if you can make something that you're proud of, it's very, very rewarding. This this play you also did it uh, during the more restrictive COVID times, right? I guess. Right. Uh, online, right? And yes. how was that experience any different from what you're saying? Because that's kind of a hybrid that or hybrid that lives in the mid- right. middle. Right. Absolutely. And it was so they they had asked me to to write a, a one act play, a thirty minute play about anything, and so I wrote it, and then they said, "Well, you direct it," and I was like. Yeah, of course, <laughs> sure. I have, you know, but I hadn't even considered to direct it at all. But they said you must go and direct it. And then when they said we're going to film it, that's for me. I thought, okay, how am I now going to? This is going to be tricky, you know, because I'm rehearsed. I've, I've developed something for the stage. We are going to stage it. It's just not going to be consumed by a live audience. We're going to have to watch it through their laptops and so on. So that was the beginning of me understanding the nuances of what it means to to have a theater performance and to have something that is filmed because now all of a sudden I'm not just watching the performance of the actors now I'm looking at them through the camera now I'm in the editing suite now I'm going gosh I wish we we could have had a different cut because actually this actress was doing this really interesting thing but we had to go here because she's having this emotional monologue and that's what this moment you have to then you have to be more selective about the moments that you want to share, you know. And so when they eventually, towards the end of last year, they said, listen, when we, we're not going to be as restricted next year, please come back with this play. Please expand it. So now the play is about 65 minutes. I've added another, another character. So I just filled up the world even more and made it even more complex production. And now we've been able to stage it. So... I, I, I can pay attention to all of those little things that I was talking about, all of the things, you know, that have to be so specific, have to be so intentional about everything. And now that also then shifts the, the performance, the performances of the actors, because now they've got a live audience. So when something hilarious is said, you have to hold for laughs. You know, if you've got an audience member who's being disruptive, you have to deal with that. If someone walks in late, which happened the other day, they walked in so late, and I was like, oh, my God, why, 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 why are they allowed, you know? You have to deal with that. And so it just, it, the, the, the stakes changed completely once they said put it on stage because now, I, I, you know, there's, there's no room for, not that there's no room for error. I think you always learn in error, but there's no room for being general. You know, there's no room for, say, we'll fix it later, we'll figure it out. You have to solve the problems as presently in the moment as you can. And, and, and that's what you just have to commit to, you know. 
it was a fun experience and I mean I'm, I'm glad that I went through it but I certainly learned so much and and there's there's just so much respect that I have for for theater makers that I've always had but to to have been put in that position myself and to accept it and 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 to do well in it uh has has been a really great moment for me I must say I'm very lucky awesome well congratulations on that. <laughs> <Thanks. Very> successful <laughs> experience <laughs> thank you thank you so then kind of a recap you'd say that the differences between film and television and stage it relies on the audience being present and it being in that moment? Yeah, I've, I would say that the biggest difference, I mean, whether there's an audience or not, because you can have a show with no one there if no one shows up for that performance. The audience just adds a different energetic element and a real-life element that you have to deal with in the moment. But ultimately, the biggest difference is that it's live. The biggest difference is that you only get one opportunity on any given night to give that monologue to to enter on time to to just to live that's the biggest difference you only get one opportunity um i know that sounds simple but to just be able to say something the one time and not be able to do it again even whether you like it or not whether you want to improve it or not you'll get another chance but not in this moment so it's this, this, this wonderful kind of analogy for life also. You just have to do it and hope that it turns out the best and hope that you've prepared enough that yeah, it's, it's going to work out for you. So that's the biggest difference is just the in being in the moment. And now a moment for our sponsor. The Theatre Art Life podcast is proud to be sponsored by Harlequin. Harlequin is the world leader in floors, stage systems and studio equipment for the performing arts. Established in the UK over 40 years ago, Harlequin is the preferred performance floor for the world's most prestigious dance and performing arts companies, theatres and schools. From the Royal Opera House to the Bolshoi Theatre, the New York City Ballet to the Royal New Zealand Ballet. Harlequin's experience and reputation are founded on the development, manufacture and supply of a range of high quality sprung and vinyl floors specifically designed for dance and the performing arts. Backed by an engineering team and independent research, Harlequin also designs, builds and refurbishes stages working with stage engineers and theatre consultants in leading venues across the world. Harlequin is the global leader in its field with offices in Europe, the Americas and Asia-Pacific. Find out more at harlequinfloors.com, H-A-R-L-E-Q-U-I-N floors.com. So I'm going to go back just because I'm stubborn like that. Uh, no, sure. <laughs> And to, to dip a little bit more on, on the creative process of the inception of an idea and all the way where you finish the idea, because I feel like we went more on like the differences between mm. TV and, and, and theater, which is awesome because we were definitely going yeah. together. But I'm still <laughs> curious about the process of a, of a writer. Uh, before television or, or, or stage specifically? Both. Well, I think it's, um, you know, for me, when it came to, I started writing because I, I I was getting impatient with waiting around for auditions, you know, uh, as an actress. So I was like, I can audition, but I also, I want to start to create something that is meaningful to me. I don't want to always have to work on something that is someone else's creation. So in terms of my process, when I'm writing something, it always really begins with what do I have to say? 
what is it that I want to say right now? Or what is it that I am curious about and I want to explore in this kind of medium? So, for example, with you know a, a show that I was writing on, it was about we 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 live in a society where women are really trying to still kind of fight for their safety and fight for their rights and, and fight for equality in many ways. So what is it that I have to say about that? And so when I when I when that's when something is bugging me in that way, when I'm trying to figure something out, I realize that it's something that I have to eventually release and become just very mindful about creating something. So even with this play how the concept came about because they said you can write about anything absolutely anything and I, I spent some time not knowing what that was what it is that I wanted to say and then I just literally had to I suppose this is part of my process I had to just connect to myself and 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 just open my eyes and say well what are we actually experiencing right now in the world what is going on because there's a school of thought that says if you want to know what a society is going through go and look at the art that was being produced at the time and then you'll have a very clear idea of what they were going through so if I had to think back when I started writing this play what we were going through we were going through a very hectic surge of COVID related deaths people were grieving quite a bit people were, were struggling emotionally mentally and one of the questions that and then when I realized that that was actually the space that we're all in all of us just in different degrees and then one of the things that came to me the question was well then how are we going to grieve if we're not allowed to see each other if we're not allowed to attend funerals if we're not allowed to um, take on the, the, the cultural or religious practices that, are, that help us say goodbye to someone then where's that grief going to go what's going to happen to us and why then do we have these rituals? Why do we have these practices? Why do we, we, we express joy and happiness and, and, and sadness and anger in these certain kinds of ways? So for me, that's what I started to just question and question and question. So even though if I'm writing something, I can, like the, the first act of this play, I wrote, I wrote it in a day, technically, right? But the actual writing of it was happening for months in my heart and in my head because I had to figure out what it is that I had to say and what questions that I wanted to be answered or asked. And I don't necessarily always have the answers in my process, and that's what I give myself permission to not necessarily give people options <laughs> and ways forward. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm not preaching to nobody. Like what you, what you get from it is what you get from it. But it's important for me, my process is to write something that's, important to me something that that is um that I'm curious about then I start to question myself so it's always about asking myself more questions why do I want to say this what's so important why why do I care so much why do we care so much and when I start to not be able to answer those questions and that's all of a sudden where characters start popping into my head and I hear characters asking these questions and I hear characters having these particular like conundrums and not knowing like if these people can be friends with these people, you know, then I then and that's when the world starts to then collide, you know. And when I don't have the answers, that means that they 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 are voices inside my head and in my heart that are at odds with each other. And therefore, I've got two characters already who are on opposite ends of the spectrum. And then how then I work it out is that I allow them to fight on the screen 
you know, allow the, allow whatever's going to happen. I don't pick sides. I don't, <laughs> I don't pick sides. I just allow them to, to say whatever it is that they need to say. And then the audiences will, will, will decide, like, who they believe more. <laughs> and then I go off and say, thanks for watching. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I get to it. You know? <laughs> I, I just have, yeah. I have a lot of voices in my head and those become my characters, basically. That's what happens. <laughs> do you take suggestions at the, at the end of the show? Like, what do you think about sure. this character and this character? <laughs> oh, I'm like, guys, vote for this person, vote for that person. Like, <laughs> it's, and it's always fascinating to me, like, what people, just, what they, they pick up on, you know, of certain characters and what they said or didn't say. And it's always like, oh, it's like noted noted and you're like oh and you realize you've written a character that some people are so attached to and they relate to so well and then other characters are like oh I, I couldn't stand her but I understand her you know you're like great this is exactly what I wanted just just to see people and just to to just see what the differences of opinions can be so that's part of how I create you know and how things come about for me so uh I just I, I I let it all all come to me, and that's why I formulate the the, the story. That's why I formulate the characters. That's why how, how I ask these questions. It's it's just about like my stream of consciousness just coming out. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great way of funneling your inner. Uh, process absolutely <laughs> absolutely <laughs> absolutely and so when I don't when I do like have a subject matter that I'm sure of that there's nothing that I'm that I'm questioning then that eventually becomes a poem you know instead of a conversation so I still get it out in some way <laughs> <laughs> but the characters the ones who do it out and I appreciate them for that yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've touched on this a little bit as well um, but as a clearly an activist and someone that uses art as a medium to to do activism and explore your own voice, your own conundrums, your own challenges, what do you think it's the the role that arts play in starting and establishing in having this more difficult conversations? You know, I think. The arts provide a very, art is universal, that's the thing. And whether it's music, stage, television, whether it's food, dancing, spoken word, it's, art is, is, is universal. And so when people tell artists to sort of stay out of politics or stay out of it, it's always so interesting to me because artists are really people who take stories that we're all experiencing and they present them to the world and they present them to the communities for us to absorb. So that being said, I think it's extremely important the role that arts have to play in terms of how people start conversations, how they digest information, how they possibly will have their minds changed, how important it is to see representation you know because all of this stuff affects us psychologically all of this stuff affects us emotionally you know if I grow up watching 
black actresses on stage and on screen and on film, I'm not going to ever wonder why I shouldn't be one of them one day. But if I don't see that, then I'm always going to have to be the best person in the room, the loudest person in the room, the person who's like 10 times more talented than people who don't look like me because now I have something to prove because I'm the only person here and it's obvious and it's noticeable. Whereas if that is a really just, and it's not even about the norm, it's about the reflection of society, then it really gives us space to then get down to the crux of human issues and so that we're not always having to talk about what we're fighting about and what is wrong, but we can also then discuss how we process things. We can we can talk about proper self-care. We can talk about body image. We can talk about mental health. And we can talk about those important aspects of life without the distraction of of just talking about survival. You know? And so that's why it's so important that art and artists always have something important to say or something that's going to, at the very least, trigger someone to think about things in a different way. One of the most important responses you can get from your work is someone to say, I never thought about it like that. And just having been able to affect that that change in someone, and it's happened to me where I've gone to a piece and I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize. I didn't even know. And sometimes that's how we need to we need to construct the evolution in society is through the, the, the consumption of art. So we're very important and we 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 have to we have to be activists. We have to be activists. And being an activist also isn't about being activist for something that's that that needs to change because something has been traumatic. It's also about being an activist for, for joy, for happiness, for glory, for for success, you know what I mean? We, we always are trying to fight for something that we didn't have. And sometimes it's also just about glorifying something that already is there so that our kids also see that, so that younger generations also see that, so that even older generations also see us living in those moments too. So the activism has to be intersectional, you know? And so that's why you have a, a piece about grief, but that's also very funny. You know, uh, so because it has to be all encompassing, because I think that's how as human beings, that's how we that's how we consume. And so artists have to be very mindful of, of all of that. So I'm I'm yeah, as you can tell, I'm very deliberate about the things that I work on also for that reason. It has to make sense to me in that way. You've mentioned maybe some, I don't know if all of them, but which are the causes or the things that uh, you're interested in working? on and why for me i am a big um gbv activist so i'm you know any kind of gender-based violence i am an activist against it's very very important to me because i feel that women i mean i also come from a part of the world where there is a lot of femicide you know we find ourselves in positions where we constantly having to be on guard and as i said in this kind of survival mode as I've grown older, you know, and you kind of recall conversations that our mothers, our grandmothers, great-grandmothers, but older generations of women, they've also experienced the same thing. And so it's important for me that we do something about it and eradicate it because I, I believe that it's not, it's not living. 
if we, if we have generations and generations of women who are constantly having to fight for the same things, and those things are basic things. We're talking about safety. You know, we're talking about equal pay in the workplace. You know, we, we're talking about representation. These are simple elements of, of, of just life. So that's very important to me, you know. And as an African feminist, it's important to me that our stories as black women get told. And as I said, the telling of stories doesn't necessarily mean the, the retelling of trauma. You know, it's just, it's also, it, also has to include stories about success, happiness, abundance, peace. You know, it's it's about creating a wholesome perspective, and so that when so that we we don't always have to be burdened by the things that we're struggling with, but that we can also be glorified for the things that we have just innately in us. So I'm always going to be a champion for Black women in that way, and so um, that's kind of my. You know, like my director trademark, you know, like my artistic trademark. I'm always, I'm always trying to do that because I feel that uh, if I can in any way shift the, the perspective, even if it's literally just one person or, or members of a community, you know, then, then that's a start to where we, I feel that we need to get to. And it's only just like the right and fair way of living. Does that make sense? We, we deserve the right to live a life of opportunity and abundance. And so it's very important to me to to deliberately push that agenda. Long, long way to go. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, just a simple thing, just all in a day's work, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you do a write up play in a day, right? <laughs> I did say that. And that is true. I did. <laughs> yeah, so maybe give me give me like eight days and we'll figure this whole thing out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so what would you say it's the fa- your favorite thing about the job? I think I really enjoy collaborating with people. I think that even though writing is a solitary vocation, but I'm never alone, remember, because I've got all those voices in my head. <laughs> You're gonna quote me on that. I know it's fine. It's gonna be the that's gonna be the sound bite. I know, but. Um, no, but honestly, once, you know, as I said, to, to be able to go from that point of, of having an idea for something, creating it or writing it on your own, and then presenting it to people, and then collaborating on bringing it to life, that for me actually is the best part of this, this whole thing. Is to, it, like there's so many people involved in any television episode or in any stage production or every commercial, whatever it is, there are always going to be so many people that it takes and the audience will only see the actor or they'll only hear about the director. But there's so many artists that you get to work with. And so I think for me, I enjoy being able to collaborate in that way. I enjoy that I can be versatile in this particular medium for myself, you know, that I can say, hey, yeah, I never thought that I was going to direct I always said, no, I don't think I'm going to direct. And then all of a sudden said, direct this play that you've written. And I was said, all right. You know, and, and <laughs> I was like, okay. And then I was like, what did I get myself into? Why? Why, you know? But the fact that I have the opportunity to say yes to things that I can try that interest me, that are part of this whole kind of ecosystem that is being a creative and being in the theater, 
And, and that includes working with so many different people, working with the set designer, sound design, having stage managers, actors, producers, marketing, like there's so many entities that go into it and you, you just get to, to do it with other people. And I think that's my favorite part of it. That's been one of the best parts of this whole period is just the collaboration of it all. Yeah, push on. And what's one thing that if you could change it, you'd change about either your job, either as an actress or a director or a writer or about the industry as a general? Oh, just the one thing? Oh, my okay. word. How, how long is the list? <laughs> <laughs> how much time do we have left in the day? No, I, I think, um, yeah, you know what? I think I... They say there are a few things and it's all, it's all uh, interlinked, but it's really just about letting people tell their stories without them having to justify why they want to tell their stories. You know, often um, as, as a creative, you have to kind of really like pitch so hard to like tell a story that's like about your own family or, or tell a story about your culture or your people or, or particular experience that you've had. and it would be nice if we had the kind of attitude of let's see what this person has to say, even if it doesn't make sense to me, you know, even if I, even if I don't necessarily understand all bits and pieces of the language, even if I'm not of that culture, there is something that I'm going to get from it. So let me step out of the way and let them do what they want to do and throw money at the situation and let them just create. That's what I'd want. I'd want us to to just honor the more creative side of this industry. I know it's an industry. It's a business. You know, it's important. We do need to eat and people do need to make money. But uh, um, I want us to get back to a space where we could, where the creative aspect of things was the prominent intention of the work. That's what I want. That's, that's one of the things. That's just one of the things today. That's what I want today. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next interview then. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once you fix this one, I'm gonna fix so many things. You have no idea. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, watch out. Let me world. know how I can help. <laughs> Please, thank you. So you're already helping. This is the beginning. Yeah, it's just the beginning. <laughs> well, the play is currently at the marketplace in Johannesburg for yes. people that are in currently in south africa yes 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 it is uh yeah. until when is it running what are how can people get tickets so the play um yes it's at the the market theater in johannesburg uh we uh run until the 10th of april we have six shows a week uh with sunday being our matinee show at 3 p.m every other show tuesdays to saturdays at 7 p.m And you can get tickets by going to webtickets.co.za or you can call the market theater directly and they will happily give you as many tickets as you want. So please come and watch. Yeah, <laughs> as many as you want, I promise. And if people want to hear more about you, yes. watch some of your work, read some of your work, yes. uh, how can they do that? Um, well, you can follow me on my socials, which is Rorisang Mutuba, which, and that's on, on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I also have my IMDb page where they can go and see the work that I've done and also watch my acting reel. And um, eventually, some of this work will be, in terms of this play, it will, it will be online also. So once it's ready, 
for that, then people will be able to watch it through that and, and just catch up with what we've been doing. And, and this whole thing that I've been talking about, they'll be able to finally see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for so much laughter. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've been giggling for like 40 minutes now. <laughs> I'm very I serious. appreciate that. Yeah, thank, you. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it too. Thank you. That's been lots of fun. <laughs> Theater at Life is a global media site for entertainment. Memberships start at only 38 US dollars per year. You can have unlimited access to our daily published articles, including entertainment news and the writings of active industry professionals, ensuring that you are always up to date on the global happenings in the world of entertainment. Become a part of the international entertainment community and join us now at www.theaterartlife.com.